welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another very exciting episode of The Pemberley Podcast. We are taking a little hiatus in between our dramatic Bridgerton episodes to give you some updates on the Regency dating show, The Courtship. We've talked about episodes one through four previously, which in case you don't know, it's this fun experiment set in this beautiful castle where one woman is trying to find her perfect match alongside her court. And the court is made up of her family and her best friend, so they get to advise her along the way. So she's not just a bachelorette on her own trying to make this big decision. She has the benefit of having her family there to suss out these potential suitors as well. It's also a bit more formal because, you know, everyone's dressed to the nines at all times. Like they provide, I want to know what the costume budget was for this, truly. But also, you know, they call each other miss, mister, whatever. Like it's very formal that way as well. Before we get into episodes five through eight of The Courtship, we wanted to tell you about another show, not unscripted, uh, that we've both been watching that we're very obsessed with, which is not Regency at all. It's Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. We've been very open about our crush on Oscar Isaac. It definitely was a big part of what led me to watch this show. I really liked it. For those of you who also don't know, the same creator of the show is the creator of Umbrella Academy, Jeremy Slater. So I could definitely see a lot of those stylistic choices just in it. Like, I didn't feel like I was watching a Marvel show. What about you? Yeah, I feel like the good thing about all these Marvel series right now is it really does feel like its own unique creative world with the movie. They all kind of have to follow a bit of the same formula because they all mesh together and they're all dealing with the same characters. But with these series, all these different directors have really been able to create their own worlds, which is really cool. So seeing Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac has been really great. You're kind of immediately thrown in and you have no idea what's going on. You meet this lovely guy, Stephen, who's living in London and he wakes up and you're like, wait, why is this guy restrained to his bed? Why is he like always checking about where he's been the night before or trying to stay awake? And you quickly realize his life is not as normal as he's trying to convince himself it is. Something is up. More of the plot happens. And I think there's so much that is fun if you just go into it watching it without really knowing much about it. As things get revealed, you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, what's going on? I felt like I really had to watch it twice to like understand. Because like you said, there's so much world. There are so many like blink and you'll miss it moments. Oscar Isaac's character is certainly solving himself while also solving this big mystery that brings in the Egyptian gods. So if you're into, if you're like a mythology nerd, especially Egyptology, this is going to be your jam. You're going to love it. So it's really great. It has nothing to do with the courtship. It's got a handsome man in it. And there is something of a love story, a bit of a love triangle. And that's the only thing that I'll say about that. About that. that. And and you must watch it yourself in order to see what we mean. With that, let's jump into a very different kind of show. Let's dive into episodes five through eight of The Courtship. So starting with episode five, previously on The Courtship, they added two new 
eligible suitors, very attractive men uh, into the mix. Mr. Bokikio is still trying to one-up everyone and really show off. And then a couple other guys got sent home. So what we're starting off with is nine men left in this pursuit of Miss Remy's heart. That is a very... Very eloquently put. Yes. Because um, the word harem did come to me. <laughs> Reverse <laughs> harem did sort of come to me at some point in the show, just because it can be difficult juggling all of these egos and all of these hearts, but especially the egos, because there are some guys that I think that's something that's really tricky about these dating shows where it's one versus so many people. Like it sort of becomes a game and it becomes about winning more yeah. than it becomes about vying for this person's heart. And so I think that. She's really dealing a lot with that in this show. And we just got two new guys, Mr. Judge and Dr. Hatem, who is like, he's he's a character all on his own. I just want to mention him because like the first thing I observed about him after the initial meeting is that he just doesn't like to wear shirts. Um, And I get it. He's got like washboard abs and he's this hot doctor from Northern Ireland. It takes an awful lot of time to get those abs when you're a doctor and you are a doctor. <laughs> but what the heck do I know? And we are reading the Daily Tea. And basically the first group date slash challenge of the day is going to be an archery competition. But there's one more sort of twist. And the guys are worried, like, are we getting a new suitor? We just got two new guys. So like a carriage pulls up and a man gets out. Also very attractive. I would think he's a suitor. But it's revealed that it is Miss Remy's older brother, Dom. They send the parents away early on in this episode. And for the next couple episodes, they're just not in the picture. So the parents away, the kids will play. And he's been sent in to, you know, meet some of the new guys, have fresh eyes on them, a fresh perspective. I love the reveal of being like, okay, he's Miss Remy's brother. And there's like scattered applause. It's very awkward, but I love the role he's playing of like big older brother. He's got some good hints though from his parents before they left as far as like who he should keep an eye on. I mean, even though he's not a suitor, he's still competition in a way because he's the guy they got to impress. Like they've got to kiss the ring. They've got to impress him. And I was impressed with a couple of the guys, particularly Mr. Judge, one of our two new guys pulls the brother aside and just is like, hi, I just wanted to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about myself and my intentions. And I was like, good man, good man. It reminds me of that scene from my big fat Greek wedding where the dad is like, (laughs) a respectful boy would come here and ask for my permission. (laughs) I do think it was funny after the introduction, the guys just basically formed a line to then shake his hand. Because <laughs> obviously you can't be the one guy to not shake his hand. But not everyone's on their best behavior. I mean, just yeah. a couple of things that stood out to me. Dr. Hatem went from like, okay, like let's give this guy a chance, just straight to the bottom of the list when he shoulder checks Dom for some that was reason. the weirdest moment. So I'm like, you're an egotistical maniac. I hate you. In my mind, he's out. He he never even was in. Like he's he strikes me as the kind of guy who's here for the wrong reasons. Captain Kim reminded us through because it's an archery like competition. He reminded us that he was in the army. We almost mm-hmm. forgot. Mr. Bokikio, who has been, you know, the sort of brown nosing one to beat. Um, he's the one who's like, I don't care. I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to win her heart. He opens up to both Miss Remy and her brother about the fact that he's got some commitment issues, 
Which I'm like, keep that to yourself or like work on that before you come on the show. That's not how you get ahead, friend. This is too where they get that clarifying realization of Miss Remy is looking for a proposal at the end of this. I will say I feel like that's the one thing about this show that was not super clear from the start. And granted, like no one is new, hopefully, to like seeing a reality dating show. That's This is typically the result. But I feel like with this show, they didn't make it super clear that that's the end goal. All the guys are kind of on a different wavelength with her as far as like what she's expecting and what they're expecting. I've not really heard any of them be like, yes, that is also my end goal. (laughs) So I think now Mr. Bokikio really struggling with his answer as far as like where he sees the end result of this is very worrisome to Miss Remy. As much as I want to give him a hard time, I respect the honesty because I don't think it's about her. I think, I think especially with the older brother dynamic, you get a lot of guys saying like, I want to be financially stable. I I'm done playing around. I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to have something serious, which are all the right answers when you're on a show like this. Well, I mean, Mr. Pokikio does say that. He's like, I'm 31, want to settle down. I want to kind of get that started with my life. But that's kind of contrasted by him saying like, "Mm, I have these commitment issues. So it's like, so what's the real answer here? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So I think that's where the confusion comes up for Miss Remy. And Mr. Remy feels like, ooh, I just found some interesting information. (laughs) That's very awkward. And that sort of bit him in the butt because the sort of point of archery is that Mr. Remy gets to pick the guest list for an intimate dinner later that night. And Mr. Bokikio does not get an invite. Um, The guys who are on the list are Mr. Judge, Dr. Hatem, Mr. Hunter, and Captain Kim were sort of like the guys who are sort of front and center at this dinner. And they're all enjoying themselves and having sort of bigger, more open conversations. I will say that's sort of what was nice about the parents leaving is like, I think there is something about like a group of young people feeling Mm -hmm. like they can talk about like what it is they really want and where they come from. And, you know, they had a nice conversation about what Thanksgiving was like growing up and, and everyone had a sort of different experience. And Mr. Judge really opened up in this moment. He really was honest about like how he didn't have like the best family life growing up. And it was this moment of like such vulnerability and really opening up. And he's talked about in his interviews, like this is something that is really tough for him to do. And especially tough, I mean, knowing that this is going to be on TV, that's a huge deal to to open up. And it is right in the middle of like his passionate speech about this. And Mr. Bokikio decides to crash the party uninvited and asks to talk to Miss Remy alone. I mean, none of the guys want this. Even the brother, he was like, um, you can wait outside. <laughs> but Miss Remy, you know, kind of gives him a look like, I want to talk to him. He's not going to like say no to his sister. Mr. Bokikio, here's like my opinion on him. I think he's like a nice guy and he means very well. He's got that really cute tri-state area accent. Yeah. He's really cute. He's, I would say that like of all the guys that Miss Remy has put on trial for like the dance card or has sent home, it's because they're not opening up to her enough. His I'm not here to make friends attitude is sort of working for him because he steals her away. And I think she likes that it feels like he's fighting for her. And he just ends up sort of clarifying what he was talking about earlier and just sort of like wanted to explain himself. He actually tells a very 
touching story about how his parents really relied on each other. And so it kind of ends out well for him, but he like interrupted Mr. Judge's sad story to bring up his own sad story. And I'm keeping an eye on you. I feel like that is such a tough thing to do in a show like this that is very structured and there's like segments that they need to film or set things that they activities that they all need to participate in like how do you know which is the conversation where you need to reveal everything about your life story and sometimes you may only have like two minutes with them so you're like okay so my tragic past this is what happened and why i am the way i am that's a lot that's a lot to process so you know all these different guys are going at different paces and so some of them need more time to open up i think it's tough to even decipher like what is the right moment to open up and and tell her these things but more so than ever, Mr. Bokikio sees like that's why it's important to show up and kind of steal these moments so that I can open up to her versus, you know, all the guys who are ups- who may be upset with him. He's he's here for one reason and one reason only. And that's, yeah. you know, see if this can end in a relationship or, you know, proposal for him. Yeah. And if you are Mr. Bokikio, there is no waiting for the right moment. You just make the right moment. I think that's what's impressive to her. She's like, great. He's not waiting for the right moment. He's He's making the moment, like you said. Do I think he's also rude and kind of selfish? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. So that's sort of the last dramatic thing to happen. And then they have the farewell dance where Mr. Hunter, Mr. Judge, and Dr. Hatem are all on the dance card. And it ends up only being Dr. Hatem, which, good riddance. He was super not it. I feel like Mr. Hunter has kind of faded into the background a bit. It made sense that he was there, but we'll see if he shows up a little more so we can go on to... Episode six. We get some scandal in this episode. Yes, we do get some scandal. While the rest of the guys are getting their issue of the Daily Tea, Mr. Chapman has decided to, quote, disguise himself, not in the best way, (laughs) as just like putting on the servant's jacket. And he delivers the Daily Tea to Miss Remy. She is in bed she's with her best friend they're just like chatting it's like sort of like the normal routine for them but he delivers it and so the best friend knows like i'm gonna get out of here (laughs) so they're together alone in her bed in the morning and they're just like having some morning snuggles and they're making out a little bit and i'd sort of helped i didn't even know this guy was on the show I didn't even recognize this guy. I'll be completely honest with you. Really? Yolanda. I don't remember this guy. What did he do? I looked <laughs> him up. He's the Kiki Palmer meme of like, I don't know this man. I don't. I've never don't seen him before in my is. life. I could be walking down the street, wouldn't know him. Uh, yeah, and I looked him up on the cast page. And I mean, yeah. he's a twenty-five-year-old upstart. You know, twenty-five. I, my goodness. Twenty and five years old, which is Jeez. awfully young. So that's why I'm like, oh, I get why you think this is like a funny thing to do. <laughs> um, keep your eye on that because the f- sort of fun date activity for everyone is the bacchanal, which I had never heard of before. I was sort of interested, and I've got a new word in my vocabulary: the bacchanal, yes. which is essentially all they had all the guys dressed as Roman gods. So for those of them who didn't really like wearing shirts, like their time was now because it was just like gold collars, you know, the sort of like Roman leaf crowns in the hair, togas. It was basically a toga party. If you've seen movies that take place in college, (laughs) you know what a toga party is. It's a bacchanal. Parents are still gone. Mr. and Mrs. Remy are not here. And the bacchanal was basically a a drunken event for... um, 
I forget the name of the Roman guy, but Dionysus is the god of wine. And so it would be like his celebration, but it was like a Roman thing. Her brother and sister can't participate because they're not single. Like this is only for single people. They all sat around and they drank wine. And instead of real wrestling, the guys did arm wrestling. Some faces were turning very red. And I was like, (laughs) are these guys okay? Are they okay? None of them were okay. None of them were okay. The big activity, too, of this was they all had to write a poem, recite it in front of everyone, which is embarrassing. But, you know, you're also, like, comparing everyone's poem to the other one's poem. And everyone does a really great job. I was really impressed with some of these rhymes that they came up with. Mr. Mumbray was probably the most nervous of all of them about his poem, and even more so after hearing everyone's poem. His was a little more like simple, funny, and to the point. I think Miss Remy really appreciated that. I think she's just looking for people to show up and show effort, which he did. It was not very Regency at all, but I, no. I felt like they definitely wanted this to be an informal respite from the otherwise pretty tight-laced courtship that's going on. Yes. So the sort of scandal that erupts here is, you know, everyone's like been drinking all day and is, it's been a much looser day than normal. Miss Remy and Mr. Chapman have an opportunity to sort of sneak away and they go up to her room and he ends up spending the night. We don't really hear scandal. And he shows up the next morning and they were all like, where were you? last night i think he's being pretty gentlemanly about it he's not saying if anything happened because whatever happened is between them all the guys both want to know but they don't want to know what happened yeah he's kind of facing that question from everyone so he kind of has to say something because they're not just gonna buy like oh i was just i just had to be alone with my thoughts i guess (laughs) like that's not gonna fly here in this house with all these guys So he does have to tell a bit of the truth, but that just kind of leads everyone to fill in the gaps, if you will, as far as like what happened between them. Mr. Kim, Captain Kim, is the person who was taking it the hardest because the other thing he always reminds us of is the fact that he has been hurt by women. All of women have hurt him. All of women, especially a particular relationship he was in when he was 18. He is now in his 30s. And I will say, I didn't really love this. I I understand the scandal of it, but I feel like we weren't even taking it in a Regency context. I sort of felt transported to The Bachelor, where the guys had to decide if they were upset that another guy got to go further with her because everyone's relationship are sort of taking their own pace and they're all sort of different and it can get really confusing and hard when you've got so many people vying for this one woman's heart. But Captain Kim took it. So everyone was like, la 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 la, don't want to know. And Captain Kim was like, oh, I want to know. I want to know. And I am already imagining the worst of the worst of the worst. She betrayed me just like women betrayed me. (laughs) This is going to be a thing with him. I'm trying to decide what to say about him because, like, I just feel like he took it to a different level than the other guys. He keeps highlighting, like, I thought this was about chivalry. I thought this was about, you know, Regency times. Um, He does know, though, that they weren't literally transported to the 1800s. Like, they are just playing pretend in this time period. Like, you're still going to have to leave this world, leave this production, 
be in real life and deal with the real things of real life. The fact that he's trying to use the premise of the show as like a shield for him is, ugh, I don't like it. That's exactly what he's doing. He just, I think, uses it an, as a an excuse to be madder than he should be about the fact that Miss Remy took it further with another guy than he did to him. A big thing for him is being cheated on. And it's been a, a conversation between him and Miss Remy on and off where he's like, I need to know that you want me. And she's like, well, I need to know who you are before I can say that I want you. And I want you to open up. Like, I want to look at you and say that I want to fight for you, but I just can't do that right now because I don't actually know you. Yeah. Um, he just asks for a lot up front. <laughs> also, like, his reason, very valid. Totally get that. Don't go on a show where the whole premise is one woman dating all these different guys. Like, maybe that's not the show for you. Maybe go on Love is Blind. Like, yeah. that's, a, <laughs> that's another show. Well, but show. even then, you talk to other people. I think yeah, that, that's true. I think he wants to date a girl who's never spoken to a man in her life, and he's mm. the first man she's ever talked to, and so he's the best man in the whole world, and she would never, ever want to even think about another guy other than him. I think mm -hmm. I think he's just very jealous, as you said, maybe this isn't the show for you. Yeah. So we're going to keep that in mind. Um, there was one more one-on-one -on -one date that Miss Remy had with Mr. Judge, and it was very sweet. She had to sketch him, and she's <laughs> not a born artist. This is not her calling, and that's okay. She does her best. She does her best, and you know what? I would have been terrified because I can't draw anything ever. So I hats off to her. They had a fun little wrestling match on the ground. It's cute. They kiss, cut to the farewell dance, dance card. Captain Kim puts himself forward. They didn't even call his name. He's like, I want to dance. He was on the dance card anyway. Mr. Mumbray right. and Mr. Bokikio were on the dance card. We don't really care about them. We're going to talk some more about Captain Kim. I feel like if you're really upset to that point, just ask to talk to her privately. Be like, you know what? I don't think I can move forward. I'm sorry, but I need to leave. Pull a Mr. Bokikio, create your own moment, you know? Right. Like, why go through the literal song and dance of doing, like, this farewell dance, knowing that you want to eliminate yourself? Because it's just, um, basically, he says to her something like, I know what happened last night. And then he leaves. Like, he, he just walks out. And then this... She like she's really flustered by it, and she's like, "How did they find out?" Which I will say to her, I'm like, "Well, you know, the guy guys who are going to talk. <laughs> they, he, your friend has a lot of roommates, and they're going to be like, what happened last night?'" He was, I think, pretty gentlemanly about it, but he was real about the fact that he like slept over in your room. I don't think it's relevant to know what happened. No. But she's pretty embarrassed about it. He took a really... <sighs> Captain Kim, Mr. Kim, whatever. So what he did was she had a really special moment with Mr. Chapman. They spent the night together. She feels like, okay, my relationship with him is progressing. And she felt really great about that. But what Captain Kim did was take that really special moment and put all this shame and guilt on it and trying to associate that and really pushing his feelings of that onto her and making her feel bad about it and using this very vulnerable moment of like where she needs to be open with three different guys of being like here's where we stand here's where i feel like we can still progress or telling someone you know what i'm sorry this is the end of the line this is like a really delicate thing to be going through and he takes that moment to kind of shove it back in her face. Not cool. 
Not cool at all. Everyone's on her side. Everyone thinks what he did was really crappy. And there's a big verbal fight between him and Mr. Chapman, who really comes, like, he sticks up for her. He's like, she has nothing to feel bad about. Like, why are you being such a jerk to her? You embarrassed her in front of everybody. I do sort of love this thing where, like, all the guys who are safe, they just send them to a very high balcony. And now they're, like, our audience. They feel like a Greek chorus just sort of reacting to everything. Mr. Kim walks out. He's very upset. I understand that he's upset, but I, I think he's got some more work to do on himself. That's where the episode ends. I mean, it's technically an elimination, but he also kind of self-eliminated. That drama is behind us. I'm glad he's gone because I feel like he's just constantly like just a broken record player bringing up the same kind of two points up over and over and over. He was very insecure this whole time. Nothing changed that. I think he needs to just look inside of himself a little more. So let's go on to episode seven. It is post Mr. Kim elimination. I do love that Mr. Chapman addresses all the men and he's like, listen, I know what I did. If anyone has a problem, he does it in a very respectful way. He's not like, if anyone has a problem with me, you know, you can fight me. It's not like Mr. Bokikio who does that. Um, He takes it in a very different way. Like, listen, I'm here. Talk to me. So I like that he does address it and not just like kind of leave it as like this open, awkward thing. Moving on, the Daily Tea, they're going to have a masquerade, which is very exciting. But they get the hint that someone will be unmasked. Who could it be? Could it be a duke? A prince? Those were my high hopes going into this I was like, I wonder where you're getting this from. I mean, the show does have a funny way of being like, we have a very special super secret person. It's someone you kind of know already. Yes. (laughs) So this masquerade, the big reveal is that there is, in fact, a new suitor. These poor guys can't catch a break. Every time they think, great, one down, we have more of a chance to get more time with her. No, you have Mr. Miles Nazaire who shows up. His occupation is socialite. So I looked him up. He was in this show called Made in Chelsea, where it's basically they highlight socialites who are very wealthy. And so he's been on a reality show before. He has that experience of being on a show already. He actually has quite a few Instagram followers. He previously had a cameo open where you could, you know, buy messages from him. So that's the status that he's at. So that's where we're starting with this guy. So he is somewhat, he's not known here in the US. He's maybe a little more known in the UK. So you've got someone who's a little bit of a reality show celebrity showing up. He's speaking French. He's very handsome. Miss Remy is smitten. She sees him and she's like, I've never seen a man this gorgeous in my life before and neither have all of us. Um, But he does give off like immediate player vibes. I mean, you just gave us a very helpful background. Yes. (laughs) You just told us this is not his first trip to the county fair. He's used to, I mean, we love a guy who's so open about the fact that he's unemployed, but like has money. Yes. Um, But like the fact that this is just sort of what he's trying to like make of himself and do for himself. Like, I got it. I've heard what I need to hear. I've seen what I need to see. And I got it. I mean, if you look at his Instagram, it is all like shirtless pictures and like he is fit, but they don't let ugly people on this show. (laughs) Let's just say it. (laughs) 
I feel like even though they're all in costumes and they're all kind of still in this world, he's not new to this kind of world. He's very much used to like this high society life. Even though the costume may be different, he still feels at home in this world, you could say. He's probably like, oh yeah, you rented my friend's castle to film yeah, he's this like, thing. All the guys have no chill about this. Miss Remy, again, is very smitten. She danced with him. Kind of the moment overtakes her and they kiss, which is very surprising. But none of the guys are happy to see him. She goes around and introduces all of the guys to him. The big, big piece of news from this is that Mr. Mumbre knows him. They fall in similar social circles and so he knows that he has a bit of a reputation for being a player and stealing people's girlfriends. And it very much feels like, yeah, this is the vibe of Mr. here. This is not surprising information. I didn't need Mr. Membray to tell us that, but he confirmed it. Thanks. It's nice to have, because, you know, when you make these accusations about someone, you want to be like, oh, am I prejudiced? Am I judgmental? Could I be wrong about this guy? <laughs> and then we've got like, no, he stole my girlfriend. He's stolen everyone's girlfriend. That's sort of his thing. And we're like, no, I was right the first time. <laughs> I was right the whole time. <laughs> Bit of a uh, Wickham character. So really the rest of the episode, the guys are all trying to up their game. They're all trying to show that they're here for Miss Remy. Sweet Charlie, Mr. Mumbre makes a lemon drizzle cake for Miss Remy and he presents it to her at tea time and they're all enjoying some nice cake that he made. <laughs> Mr. Nasir interrupts this beautiful tea time and he has like a whole staff that come in with him. He presents like this two-tiered cake. He presents gifts for all of like the family. He presents like a, a fencing sword to the brother flowers for like the sister like it's it's like he's really showed up and i don't know if this was a production thing for them to like provide all this stuff or if he paid for it and it was his idea i'm guessing it was production this just felt like manufactured drama to me because you have like this really sweet cake from charlie and he's put in a lot of effort to really show that he's here for the right reasons and I think this is out of his comfort zone because he's been very vocal about the fact that like he's never been in love, he's never been in a serious relationship. It's a big deal for him to be showing up like this. To have that all interrupted by Mr. Nazir, a guy who is like he knows in real life, not just one upping him, but like just showing up the whole kind of tea time. It's, it wasn't a great moment, I think, for the show, for me as a, like, as a viewer. No, and it's always weird with stuff like that, because when you watch reality TV, you know none of it's real. I mean, it creates real drama. Yeah. But then oh, it's yeah. it sort of feels like they wrote out this storyline where he's like, and now Mr. Nazair is going to woo Nicole and her family and her court by presenting them with fancy gifts that the other guys just can't provide. It doesn't feel like it's very real. That's kind of where things in it out there. Um, Mr. Bokikio has sent a note to Miss Remy to be like, meet me mm. by the fountain. That's a very cute moment. It's very like them they get to have like their alone time and be together and they're very cute together like he is excited to see her she's excited to see him 
And he says like this thing that kind of becomes a recurring thing. He says of like, meet me halfway. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. So I feel like meet me halfway is there always. <laughs> like that or they're like, okay. okay. They're okay. Like, that's there. We all know what we're all talking about. So I feel like that they're starting to kind of come up with like their own like inside jokes and that sort of thing, which is really tough to do amidst of all these different guys. So I'm glad that he was able to get this alone time with her too. So we're starting to see more of these guys step up in a really great way. We get to see the sort of like effort versus money versus connection versus inside jokes. Like all all the things that could possibly be a factor in a relationship are coming to a head. And then we've got the farewell dance at the end. So on the dance card are Mr. Nazair, Mr. Judge. Again, Mr. Judge was on the dance card last week, but I think he was in no real danger because she had such a great time with him. And... Mr. Holland. So these three guys on the chopping block in a sort of real twist, she doesn't eliminate anybody, which I gotta say, I don't quite, just because I'm so familiar with The Bachelor, I don't quite understand this ebb and flow of new people versus getting rid of people. Mm-hmm. So we're down to eight guys. I feel like Mr. Nazaire being on the dance card was very shocking to him. I feel like he's never been rejected before in his life. So he almost felt like, is this rejection he wasn't eliminated he was like okay cool like i'm i'm good i'm still good guys <laughs> he was like that was a close call i was almost not a special boy um, <laughs> that was really hard on me yes. like that's my that's his village that's his trauma story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> his trauma is just like there are guys who are like i didn't really have a family i had to pull myself up by my bootstraps like I was on the dance card, and <laughs> that's never happened to me before. Yes. Usually the first choice. That's really funny. So wrapping up with episode eight, mom and dad are back. They've been gone this whole time. I would love to know what they were actually doing, and I hope they got some kind of like nice break. I- I've missed their commentary and their reaction, so it'll be nice to have them back in the mix. And the brother is still there, so you've got the full full family there backing Miss Remy. In this episode of The Daily Tea, they know that there's going to be a fancy dinner that evening, and then a smaller group will be selected for some fun parlor game. So parents are back, so they kind of get to catch up with them and and see how things are progressing. I do love that Mr. Cones tries to sabotage Mr. Nazaire by being like, don't even try to speak French to the parents. They hate that kind of stuff. So I would avoid that. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. He says it in like a funny way um, that Mr. Nazaire catches on like, okay, this guy's just joking with me. They know like it's very charming to hear him speak French and they don't want him to come off as more charming all than he already is. I would hope that everyone can kind of see who this guy is. I understand the intrigue and the interest on Miss Remy's part, but it's like an immediate thing where we know exactly who this guy is. He's like our actual Wickham. Like if Wickham was rich, like he's Wickham. So Mr. Remy is giving a toast at the dinner and Mr. Cones, I think he's just like, Everyone makes toast at these dinners, right? He takes, like, not the best moment to interrupt Mr. Remy's toast and give his own toast. I don't, you know, I think he was, he started to clink his glass and then realize, oh no, I have to say words now. So he didn't give the best toast. It was very awkward. The whole dinner party was, like, cool, 
Thanks for that toast, man. So they quickly move on. Mr. Nazir is sitting right next to Miss Remy, so he's getting the most one-on-one time, which I'm sure is frustrating for all the guys who've been here from the beginning, who, especially some of them, have not even had one-on-one time with her yet. But, like, his whole thing is, like, I don't know, he wants to be, like, the last Brit standing, which, chill, you just got here, <laughs> so, You're I don't know. in the middle of England, like, don't act like this is some weird power imbalance. I know. You're on your home turf, you know, and it's gonna rain, probably. So, after the weird toast, um, a small group, Mr. Chapman, Mr. Mumbray, Mr. Bokikio, and Mr. Nazair have all been selected for um, a smaller, more exclusive group of playing parlor games, which I'm sort of excited to have like Mr. Bokikio and Mr. Nazair in the same space just because they've been the most cutthroat this whole time. Like Mr. Bokikio with his like sweet moments and he's like, I'm going to fight for you. And Mr. Nazair with his sort of entitlement. <laughs> yes. So one of the parlor games they play is this very unique cat game, which basically one person has to act like a cat. The first person who laughs loses, basically. Sounds like a really fun game. Yeah, so Mr. Nazair goes first, and he goes all in, you know? He gets on all fours. He's going, like, right up to the other guy's faces and meowing. It is hilarious. No one can hold it together. But then they move on to a more modern game. They play Never Have I Ever. One of the questions he poses, I mean, it was a very, like... That's not the point of never have I ever, but he has a question where he's like, never have I ever had commitment issues or something like that, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. And the thing is, like, why anyone would would sip their drink at that, I don't know, but Mr. Chapman decides to take the honest route, and he takes a sip of his drink, revealing that, oh no, he's had commitment issues. Obviously, Miss Ruby sees that. She is... A little worried about that and what that could mean for their future, but... I mean, as previously discussed, he is 5 and 20 years old. I feel like that's the commitment issue, is that you're 25. Like, you'll be fine. They'll all be fine. Again, all the guys are trying to step up and make their own moment. So Mr. Cones does the same thing. He does pull her aside. He's like, I need to tell you something important about me and, and my identity. So... He's vulnerable and open with her, which she's receptive to. And I think that's kind of like the difference is like you see Mr. Hunter pull her aside and and not really open up, but then Mr. Cones does. So you're kind of seeing where Miss Remy is as far as like wanting to make sure like these guys are open with her and or feel safe in, in talking to her, which is what she's looking for. So... That leads us to the farewell dance. The guys who are on the chopping block are Mr. Mumbray, Mr. Hunter, Mr. Holland, and Mr. Chapman. And unfortunately, Mr. Mumbray and Mr. Holland go home. That's really sad because I, I do think they were very nice guys. And I will say, I think something that I would sort of want to be cognizant of in a show like this is like separating best friends and certain members of of friend Mm -hmm. groups because you know you're there to sort of forge a relationship with Miss Remy but like you're not with Miss Remy most of the time so you're going to become really good friends with the guys and it must suck to see two really good ones leave because it's like they weren't right but also like oh there goes my friend yeah it's interesting because Mr. Chapman kind of suspected 
he would be on the dance card. He's kind of revealing a little bit more that he does have commitment issues. So that's probably going to come up in future episodes. Right now where we're left is we have six guys left, which is amazing that we are finally ending an episode with less guys than what we started with. We'll see what happens at the beginning of the next one, though. Yes, you never know. Maybe more guys will get added. But we'll check back in in a couple weeks to record another batch of these episodes and see what's going on with Miss Remy's journey. Tune in next week to listen to us discuss episode 7 of Bridgerton, how the drama from the wedding unfolds. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on The Pemberley on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com.